Hello, dear listener. Thank you for downloading, streaming, listening to the Spooky Doings podcast. My name is Rick Gusman. I'm an improv comedian from New York. Woke up this morning with a bloody knuckle. And so I'm asking everyone, who did I fight? It was while I slept. Was Freddy Krueger being a bitch? If so, hit that bitch in the eye. Now, keep in mind, I'm using bitch to describe a kid-touching slash murdering fictional character. Perfectly acceptable, not misogynistic. And if I'm wrong about that, the wonderful Chelsea Bennington will correct me. How are you, Chelsea? I'm good, and I do not need to correct you. I think right. that was an appropriate uh, usage of the term. Right. Yes. Freddy Krueger, big old Christmas sweater bitch. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Chelsea? I'm good. I did not wake up with a bloody knuckle, so I didn't I didn't fight anyone in my sleep. I woke up with cats on top of me, so there's that. Um, but that's nice, you know, waking up to that um, till you smell their cat breath, and then that's not so nice. Um, yeah, I'm good. Right on, right on. <sighs> Today's topic, for those that, you know, didn't read the description and go in blind, we thank you for that. Uh, but we're going to talk about something that it's in a lot of horror movies. We all got the characters we love, the characters we root for. And then there are the ones that we can't wait to see them get got. The ones that we are actively rooting against. So today we're talking about our most disliked characters in horror movies. Because, fuck them. Yeah. I, I had fun thinking about this and then didn't have fun thinking about it because I was thinking about how much I hate them. So it'll be a very pointed conversation. But well, that, that's part of the fun. We've all, and I've criticized our movies for doing this. The ones that aren't that great that just give you a bunch of characters and just throw them into the meat grinder. Um, but but these, these dislike characters are a little bit different in that there is the development and they are garbage people of varying uh degrees some of them just get under your fucking skin and you're like you know what it's not that i want them to die it's that i want them to not live anymore uh to quote stewie Riffin. <laughs> so who you got first that, that you want to see get everything that they got coming to them so my first one is actually timely because they announced um a couple of weeks ago the possibility of a legacy sequel which i very much hope doesn't happen because of how much i hate this character and no offense to the actress this is just easily my top on any list even outside of horror of characters i hate it could and, be complimentary to the person portraying them that they did such a good job that you hate this character. Yeah, if she was gunning for likable, then she did not do a good job. But I'd like to, hopefully she can say she was gunning for unlikable, spoiled little bitch, because that's what this character is. And this character is Julie James in I Know What You Did Last Summer. I've talked about it before, how much I hate this character. Um, and to set this up, uh, you know, I know what you did last summer came out in 97. It's a, it's an old film and it's about, you know, a group of kids who 
you know, one of them's been drinking and he's acting crazy, distracting the other guy and they accidentally hit um, a man and they think that they killed him. So they decide to dump his body, not tell anyone um, and go on about their lives. And of course their lives are worse after it. Nothing's going the way they thought it would. Um, The woman or the girl who wanted to go to New York and be an actress. It didn't work out. The guy who wanted to be a star quarterback didn't work out. The other guy became a fisherman. And then Julie James, who's played by Jennifer Love Hewitt. She's, you know, the, the smart girl of the group, the, the, you know, the straight one very, you know, has high hopes and dreams of being an A plus student and going to some fancy school. And, uh, you know, everybody's trying to move on with their lives. Of course, with Julie, they have it where, you know, it's coming off as like the guilt is wearing down on her the most, but I find her to be incredibly selfish and, and naive and just, just really unlikable. So, uh, so obviously she breaks up with her boyfriend. She's not friends with Helen, who is the one who wanted to be an actress, um, Sarah Michelle Geller. Um, and when she comes back to town, cause she got the note, well, she got the note when she came back to town, um, of, I know what you did last summer. That's when she starts talking to Helen again. She talks to Ray who, you know, they broke up. He became a fisherman like his father. Um, and she's just so judgmental about how they're living their lives. Like with Helen, she's like, well, what happened with New York? And has no desire to, this girl used to be her best friend and she has no desire to catch up with her. Um, and then with Ray becoming a fisherman, um, she's like, oh, so you're a fisherman now. Like she's just, she's, she's just such a brat. I just, I can't stand it. And there's a part in the movie where her and Helen go to, um, Anne Heche's house. Cause it was supposedly her brother that they, that they ran down or they thought, um, and Helen in the car says, you know, what happened to, what happened to us? What happened to you? We used to be best friends and Julie doesn't even look at her and just says, well, we used to be a lot of things and doesn't say bye, doesn't say anything. And it's just this holier than thou when you also agreed to throwing this man out in the, in the, in the ocean. Um, it's so frustrating. I just found her to be so dull, so unlikable so bratty. I, I think it's become popular opinion. I've seen like in the like Twitter horror community that she should have died and Helen, Sarah Michelle Geller's character should have lived because she's just, she's terrible. She's a brat. And as much as I love that movie, there's been times I've turned it off after Helen died. Cause I was like, I just don't want to watch Jennifer Love Hewitt scream for 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> like I, I no offense, but yeah, I, hate that character I think she's incredibly unlikable and selfish and a brat so that's that that that's a really good example and it could also kind of go back to uh 
uh, our episode where we talk about how the villain isn't the monster. The, the, the antagonist in this movie is correct. A bunch of privileged high school students hit him with a fucking car, and if that didn't kill him, they threw him in a body of water, hoping that maybe he'd drown and disappear. His vengeance is 100% justified. So, yeah, so it, it, it definitely came about in the post-scream where studios, particularly Dimension, because I think this was, was a Dimension movie, if I'm not mistaken, right, Chelsea? I don't think it was, but yeah, let, me, I, let me look. It might have I been. could be wrong. Um, but it's like, yeah, let's let's take a lot of the the attractive young actors of the day and put them in a horror movie. But uh, this, unlike the faculty or Scream, or even some of the not so great ones, uh, like a like a Valentine or an urban legend, this movie clearly, you know, like the 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 killer is correct. It's almost like the burning in a way, where the the campers lit Cropsy on fire and his vengeance is justified. Uh, so is this uh, Gordon's fisherman motherfucker. Um, I do remember the second movie being completely fucking awful. And that's why I don't remember much of it. I think his son came back in the second one. Yeah. And it's, I actually, I, I find the second one such a fun um, hate watch. It's, it's so it's gorier than the first one. They obviously tried to up like the slasher element because in the first one, I mean, only a handful, like a small handful of characters dies and a lot of it's off screen. But in the in the next one, they win. Oh, it's the most convoluted thing in the world. They win a trip to Brazil. No, they not to Brazil, to the Bahamas. And uh, I'm thinking Brazil because they answered that was the trivia, the trivia question. question. Yeah, that they got um, wrong and won anyway. Yeah, because they read a bag of coffee. I was like, okay, whatever. Anyway, um, and then they go, but it's off season, like it's storming season, so the whole you know resort is closed, and the character that uh, they're trying to set up is Julie's new love interest. You find out is the fisherman's son, and the way you find out is his last name is Benson, Ben's son. Yeah, they're like didn't you get it ben son and i'm like no because i don't think about last names that way sir and some of us older folks remember the sitcom starring robert Guillaume. yes that's a joke for the old people but yeah i think um and i think the way they tried to make it seem like okay these kids kind of did something right was because they they ran over the fishermen when he was on his way back from killing his daughter's boyfriend <laughs> like so he was a murderer but still it's just it really is like you can justify like just kill all these kids they're awful it's not like in scream or even the faculty mm -hmm. um it, it, it's definitely more of the line of valentine and urban legend where you're like they kind of suck anyway um so fine kill them because like in valentine it's like well you were all very mean to that kid and now that kid grew up to be david boreanaz spoiler but whatever the movie's been out forever um 
And, uh, but yeah, I just find her to be a terrible final girl. Like that's what really irks me. I'm like the fact that, you know, and she's back in the sequel, of course, and the way the sequel ends, you would think that is the end. Like it doesn't come off as a dream anymore. It does come off as he has killed them. Don't know how, I mean, maybe if you shoot him in the head, she's so fucking stupid anyway. Um, and now they're talking about this legacy sequel. And as much as I love Freddie Prince Jr., I'm like, I don't, I don't want this unless they die in like the first five minutes. Like, I just, I, I don't, I don't think this is a film that has a likable, the likable cast has been killed. <laughs> You've killed Sarah Michelle Gellar. You've killed Ryan Phillippe. You've killed Mackay Pfeiffer. You've killed like, well, I don't know if Mackay Pfeiffer was like, well, I just thought he was funny, <laughs> but um, you've killed everybody that was interesting to watch. Freddie Prince Jr. and Jennifer Love Hewitt. Now I'm getting down to the actors. As much as I, I think Freddie Prince Jr. is like a fun person, they're bland. They're so bland. <laughs> and their, their characters are bland. Like it's just, it really is more so their characters. Cause I mean, I've seen Jennifer Love Hewitt and other stuff that she's good in. Same with Freddie Prince, but like they're just so boring. They're in- incredibly boring. So. Yeah, that's one that, again, like I could turn the movie off after Sarah Michelle Gellar dies. All right, all right. Uh, It was never one of my top films, so I don't feel as strongly as you do about it, but maybe the reasons why is because I was like, eh, there there are better movies of that era that resonate more with me. For sure. Uh, My choice. Uh, Kids in horror. A lot of the time, I don't like them. I didn't really like kids when I was one. However, this one, I actively rooted against. And you can tell, everybody says a lot of great things about the Babadook. But Samuel, played by Noah Wiseman, I was actively hoping that his mom would kill him. I get it. I get that it's, it's, it's subtext for a woman dealing with grief, losing her husband and being so shattered by it that she cannot even love her son, even though that kid comes around to it and he's doing all of the things that a son should do in trying to love and protect his mother from this uh, top-hatted specter. When he's screaming his fucking head off in the back seat, I'm just like, you know what? Let the Babadook take him. You're young. You, you you could clean up nice. You can make another one looks just like him and isn't so much of a cunt. And yes, I say cunt in the, the European Australian way, uh, just because that kid is fucking awful. Let him. You know, you don't need to kill the dog in the Babadook. I know that I've only watched Babadook once and really? yeah, it wasn't a revisiting one for me. Okay. I, I, I mean, I liked it. I think it got, it was overhyped for me by the time I watched it. Like, right. I think I should have gone in blind, but um, I like it. You know, I think it's, it's such a fascinating concept um, because it is a very real thing when women, um, when mothers have trouble 
bonding with their children or even loving their children. But I feel like every example I've seen of it in horror movies has been with children that suck. So I'm kind of like, yeah, I get it. I don't think I'd love that kid either. Or it's an annoying kid. Like we need to talk about Kevin is a great example because it's a real thing about a woman who just isn't bonding with her kid. But it's an extreme example because the kid's a sociopath. Like, yeah, so it's, so I'd love to see an example of that with a kid that's like a genuinely, I don't know, just, just a kid that it, it, it seems like we have to work a little bit more to relate to something that does happen like you know with postpartum even or with like grieving the husband or you know grieving a loss of a child before that child you know things like that I think um that would be interesting but I feel like whenever we see it it's with a kid that's annoying or killing guinea pigs um yeah we need to talk about Kevin left me feeling forever unclean um And as yeah, sorry, that, not to change to another movie, but I was just like, that's just another example of like, I really wish we could do those type of stories. I don't know. Maybe there are those type of stories and I just haven't seen them. There, there might be, but yeah. For someone that watches a lot of horror movies for something to disturb me, um, that certainly did it. Uh, however, I feel that may have been a documentary trying to warn us about the menace that is Ezra Miller. Because, you know, he started out wanting to kill clan members. And I'm like, okay, I can get behind that. And then I don't know what happened. And Warner Discovery says, we're still going to put out the flash. Go figure. (laughs) (laughs) But would you consider watching The Babadook again uh, since uh, The Babadook inadvertently became a gay icon? I loved that it became a gay icon. I don't know why it just didn't drive me to watch the movie again. I guess I would. I just don't, I don't know when that'll be. Like, I I liked it fine. Um, It's a good movie. It's a well done movie. I just, I don't know. I found the kid really annoying. And I was just like, I don't know if I can watch this again. So could it be? That young Samuel is the reason why you're not watching that movie again. Because like, fuck that kid. That's genuinely maybe, <laughs> especially like after that dog dies, I'm like, well, I mean, I ain't rooting for either of you. I'm like, I just don't care. Probably. I think I would say that. Yeah. All right. So so maybe you could just watch it again at some point and root for the Babadook the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Ally. Mm-hmm. Cool. What else you got? So I have one that's similar-ish to Julie James, but I'll wait because I don't want to do it back to back. The second one I have, oh my God, he's the worst. And I think he was intended to be the worst um, because it's definitely a trope in movies, especially movies that came out around this time and like the late aughts um, of husbands not believing their wives or thinking their wife is crazy or thinking their girlfriend's crazy like we just saw it in smile um he was Mm -hmm. just like you're nuts and then he just like drove off and I don't think we ever saw him again but um so uh John I believe is his name I I had to look it up so I was like I don't even know what your name is I've seen this movie like 10 times and I just hate you yes John uh the father and husband from orphan okay um i love peter sarsgaard peter sarsgaard yes and i love him i Mm -hmm. love him 
he is so despicable in this movie and again intentionally i'm sure but to be so in denial and cruel to your wife who lost a child in a very brutal way like she carried that child and lost that child and something violent happened to her body in that please, like it's please it's, remind me it's been a while since so the that. movie begins with her like it's if i remember correctly i i had it up because i wanted to make sure i spoke to it correctly um she's bleeding heavily um and she has a uh they cut into her stomach she wants to be put to sleep there isn't any time um the doctor cuts into her um oh i think this was a nightmare uh yeah it is a nightmare but still we learn that she did have a miscarriage um and having a miscarriage is really like internally violent like it's on in your body it's a it's a violent act on your body and it's losing something um and uh I, I can only imagine it's like armageddon within yeah especially when like you know of course and i won't get into it you know abortion is is different and it's a mm -hmm. it's a procedure and that's i i don't want to make it sound like i'm pro-life here because i'm really not um but <laughs> but you know, there, there, there's no choice involved with a miscarriage exactly like with a miscarriage it's just it's it's terrible um and he's just he's such a jerk i think it's alluded to and i again i haven't seen this movie in a while so i could be that's why i was like revisiting the synopsis because i i don't know if i'm making anything up because of how much i didn't i didn't like this character but um, I think it's like hinted at that John has been unfaithful or there's something about John that she doesn't necessarily trust. I can't remember what it is, but she's obviously dealing with, you know, she is sober now, they're adopting a child and he is so like hell bent on believing this kid that he just adopted over his wife and i'm not a god i feel like i'm gonna i don't know if i'm phrasing things correctly because i'm pro-adoption i feel like i'm just gonna sound sound terrible you're pro-adopting children you are not pro-adopting uh aged eastern black uh former prostitutes who are stunted in their growth that they are still childlike there's a there's a big difference that's true that's true so yeah i don't know why i'm like feeling so self-conscious about about my my word choices today maybe i've had too much coffee but but um yeah it's just him consistently not believing a word his wife says and i am so glad that he does get stabbed to death at the end because i'm like good you're you're crazy you drove your wife out you don't believe her and um she has obviously been through a terrible ordeal and is deciding to adopt like with you like this is a big step and it's an it, it i just find him so irksome and so <laughs> so creepy and you know there was a point where i thought he was going to like i think they were never going to make the movie go this far but when esther was first like 
hitting on him at the end of the movie when he's like crying and he's like "Ah, ah," and she put on like makeup and she's trying to be you know pretty um I was like oh god I wouldn't be surprised if he goes for it like I just found him so like gross and just cruel um yeah I don't like him and he does I don't know if he makes the movie unwatchable because I've seen Orphan quite a bit because it is a fun movie but I'm also I'm always annoyed um male hubris is annoying (laughs) from something like this from uh there is the trope but it's based in reality of like of of a wife or mother saying we need to get out of the house and the man saying no no we we're not going to have any of that let me go investigate um and as someone who's seen a lot of horror movies i realized no that's not the case if a lady tells you we need to leave you go and you get your answers in the car as you're driving away um uh that happens a lot but you know again uh, there's also the flip side of that, where it's not male hubris. And here's one of the things that I learned from this lesson, when, especially when you have a partner that you love. Uh, just go with what they tell you. They'll explain it later. Um, my dad was a life of the party, jovial, uh, gruff-voiced, rotund man. And I heard this story, uh, I think it was after he died, where my mother said they were at a wedding. And he was out dancing. She was just sitting at the table and then he came up behind her and he said get up don't say anything I'll explain everything in the car and her being the dutiful wife that she was uh, that happened and they get in the car and they start driving and my dad said I split my pants on the dance floor and they drove home (laughs) and he changed his pants and then they drove back to the wedding it was close enough that he could do that. So, you know, if, if you've got a partner that you love, and, and, and I've done this a couple of times where it's like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to leave. I'll explain later. Just, just, just follow that instinct. Just, just trust in your partner. <laughs> if, if this little Russian uh, homunculus <laughs> is destroying the life that you've created. Uh, Kick her down a well and say she ran away. I don't know. Did you end up watching First Kill? I I haven't a lot. I I Uh, haven't. I I recommend it. I'm surprised you haven't watched it. I think I want to do both back to back, but I haven't been in the right mood yet. Hmm. Well, I recommend it. I loved it. I watched it twice. Oh, well, that's saying something. I mean, not back to back, but because <laughs> yeah. it's been a while since I've seen the orphan, so it's like I, 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 I want to, you know, have it fresh in my mind. Even though First Kill is a prequel, right? Even with prequels, sometimes there are mm-hmm. things that are alluded to in the For other sure. film. For sure. Now, with that in mind, would. Sh- should I watch First Kill first and follow it with The Orphan or watch them as they were released chronologically? I'd watch them as they're released, honestly. Okay, cool. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, watch them as they were released. All right. I'll talk about two characters now. 
And the reason why I'm going to talk about two of them is because they're very, very similar in nature. They are both uh, uh, older woman characters from uh, adaptations of Stephen King's work. I want to talk about Mrs. Carmody, played by Marsha Gay Harden in The Mist. And I want to talk about Margaret White, played by Piper Laurie in Carrie, in that these two ladies are the kinds of religious zealots that I can't fucking stand. Uh, Mrs. Carmody, you got giant fucking bugs out in the mist. You're trapped in a supermarket and you think your imaginary sky daddy is the way to get through things. Keep that fucking business to yourself. You don't need to judge everybody, try to get people uh, to blindly follow your nonsense and sacrifice others to the big spooky yukis that are outside in the mist. And, and with Margaret uh, being so religious that she hated her husband that she conceived Carrie with, not that you see him in the story, um, and basically takes that out on Carrie the rest of the time, even though she gives us the wonderful line of your dirty pillows and shouting, and Eve was weak. I quote that way too much just for my own uh, amusement. But yeah, I, I you want to see those characters get perished. <laughs> just shut the fuck up. You're ruining it for the rest of us with your archaic bullshit that we've evolved beyond. And I realize that comes completely from my 12 years of Catholic school. Nothing else could have made me the atheist that I am today than the religious upbringing that I had. Uh, but yeah, so seeing those characters and how miserable they make the people around them. Like, if God is love, why are you so unhappy? What do you think about those characters? It's funny because I was looking up this morning. I was curious what other people were saying um, were their most annoying or most hated characters. And Marcia Gay Harden's name came up so much mm -hmm. in the mist i was i never realized because i i've seen the mist it's been a long time um i i and yeah i i get it <laughs> but i was just like wow I, di I didn't realize that you know this was like a very popular opinion and and rightfully so um and it's yeah. a testament to how great an actress she is and fucking <laughs> Every like her role in Mystic River is fucking wonderful. Like, and mm. anytime I see her, I'm happy to see her, even in this character I hate. It 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 speaks volumes of her talent. Good on yeah. you, Marsha. Yeah, no, I mean the fact that it's like it seemed so universal. I was like, dear God, like all of Reddit is <laughs> hates this character. Um, I agree. I mean, and Carrie's mom is the worst. Like, it's it's so interesting because I'm 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 not religious, but I believe there is something there, and I think it's something good. I don't think it's something that um, that is so full of of hate and uh, uh, 
uh, how to uh, like old testament <laughs> vibes and everything I, I just don't believe that i think a lot of people that do get you know really really religious like that in an extreme way they are so focused on on what god, what their god hates and what their god will not allow and not focus on i mean there i guess there's nothing good to focus on so it just seems very um very strange to me uh how how negative and how hateful it will be um you know they're they're focused more on the paradise later as opposed to uh what's going on now (laughs) yeah and i'm like what even is like if, if that god is so uh so terrifying what is paradise going to look like like it's it's just you know it's it's like i don't know gonna be so um i always find it interesting i remember in catholic school heaven was explained to me as thanksgiving with your family forever and i thought to myself that sounds fucking awful i gotta eat turkey all day every day get out that bland bullshit bird yeah god (laughs) um i think it's it's so funny because I grew up in the Bible Belt and all of the most rebellious kids uh, were kids of parents who were youth pastors or reverends or that makes sense you know, yeah all so anyone who had really religious parents were always the ones who were the biggest problems um, so it's another you know example of who was the biggest problem at this school the one who blew it up. (laughs) So, um, or the gym. Um, I mean, I recently read the book or listened to the audio book and, uh, yeah, the mom is just terrible. You should have told me mama. Yeah. But no, I agree with you on those terrible, (laughs) terrible characters. We need to calm down look at the world around them. Um, I'm just, I don't think Mr. White was in there, uh, right for, for Margaret. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't take time to make her feel good. He just made Carrie and probably ran. (laughs) And then ran. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh, you're crazy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No more penis for you. Um, so my, my last one will probably be a little quick because again, she's, similar similar to the first one i i noted and i don't think this one's too much of a deep cut because it's in you actually named the movie when you were naming the late 90s uh movies because this is one i mean a lot of those late 90s horror movies shaped my love for horror movies because Mm -hmm. i am 31 and that and i am not (laughs) yeah so it's it was um they were movies I was renting at Blockbuster like every week to the point my mom was like, dear God, I will just buy you the VHS. This is annoying. Before like, you could see over the counter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm up just on, like... Up on tippy toes, <laughs> shoving the film up with your and they're like, fingertip. Are you, are you 17? No, that's I don't right. care. <laughs> the worker's like, that's fine. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, Anyway, um, the lead female, so this final girl is the lead in Urban Legend, Mm. and I hate her. And it's for very similar reasons that I hate uh, Julie, and I know what you did last summer, 
What sucks is that it, Alicia Witt, who plays Natalie, an urban legend, um, she uh, a lovely ginger, by the way, a lovely ginger. But my God, even in her season of Justified, I was like, Jesus, you were so annoying in urban legend. Like, I can't watch anything that she's in without thinking about how terrible it is. And I'm sorry, I am going to say, I think a lot of it was acting too. It was early in her acting career. Mm -hmm. So, so I'll, I'll give her that she was, she was fine and justified. I mean, I haven't seen that many uh, things that she's been in, I don't think, but, um, for people who haven't seen urban legend, it was another one of those late, late nineties movies post scream, um, that was about a group of college kids who, um, were all being picked off one by one in an urban legend way. Um, and, uh, you find out that the main character, Natalie, um, her and her friend who is killed in the beginning pulled an urban legend prank on a guy by doing the flashing your, you know, headlights at the person and then, and then, um, or they flash their headlights at you to, to signal you. And then you turn your car and you chase them. Uh, very silly urban legend. All of them are, and they ran him off the road or he crashed something and he died. So, um, so she has a secret, like you find that out later in the movie of like, why is, why is it her group of friends that are getting killed in, in this way? And, um, I was like, damn, you should have been punished more. I was like, that's a terrible thing to do. Like to, to kill someone <laughs> in such a way. I'm, I'm like, I know what you did last summer, the killer in urban legend, and I'll, you know, it's been out long enough. Um, it's Rebecca Gayhart. Uh, you should watch it anyway, because it's, it's, it's entertaining. If only for Brad Dorff in the opening scene, stealing the fucking show right off Someone's the bat. Someone's in the back seat. Exactly. Um, the killer is, is taking their rage out on people that did not kill her boyfriend to begin with why you got to kill fine ass danielle harris uh being the goth girl of my dreams at that time you ain't gotta put you know lex luther's dog in the fucking microwave i know god that was terrible you know, i mean i like the exploration of mm -hmm. urban legends because a lot of them are really entertaining. The first time I heard about the the headlight one is that that's how gang members get initiated, is that they drive around mm. with their headlights off. Uh, whoever flashes their brights at, at them, they follow and they kill. And mm -hmm. then they're in the gang. Watching gangling many years later, it's like, no, they beat the shit out of you for an allotted amount of time. And then if you last, you're in the gang. Men mm. are stupid. Anyway. It definitely, it, it definitely, uh, like urban legends are so interesting because there are the ones that are, that are deadly. That's like someone died that way. And then mm -hmm. there's ones like, I don't know if you would call it an urban legend, but I remember everybody was like, um, you know, and Marilyn Manson got a it got his ribs removed so that he could suck his own dick. Like, you know, like that was a rumor in school. Like everybody heard it before mm -hmm. we were all on social media. Like that was like common knowledge or it was, oh yeah, 
my cousin knew someone who got decapitated on that ride at Six Flags. And it's like everybody has a cousin who knew someone who got decapitated on the Batman ride at Six Flags. You know what I mean? Like it's mm -hmm. it becomes like those type of things. So it's so it's interesting to see it play out. I just I didn't really see any guilt in her. Like, I mean, she was like kind of whiny going back to the movie Urban Legend. But I was like, you two straight up murdered someone you should be in prison or you should have like the fact that you're able to live like your life i don't blame rebecca gayhart for going frizzy haired and crazy eyes at the end like um and i thought she was a great killer i thought her mm -hmm. scenes i thought they were so she, she played her crazy delivery, really really well yeah her delivery was so good it, it, it was wonderful but um but i just found natalie to be so insufferable through the whole thing and every time she like screamed or got scared i didn't find it very believable and um she does like i put that movie on this past summer in the background when i was like just doing some stuff to my apartment and every time it was a scene focused on her i went back to doing stuff for the apartment like i would i would maybe stand and like watch the movie like while i'm doing stuff and then when it's her i'm like whatever um yeah i uh i found her so annoying and not um i think tara reed should have should have lived tara reed was barely in that movie but it, she's like the helen shivers for me of I know what you did last summer to Urban Legend, which is funny. Sarah Michelle Geller was supposed to play Tara Reed's character in Urban Legend, but couldn't. Anyway, that's mine. She's annoying. She should have been put in the microwave. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think anybody should have been put in the microwave just because, you know, I'll have a soft spot for pretty genders. What are you going to do? Anyway, what we can agree on. Is there someone that's on the mountaintop of annoying characters in horror movies? And we saved the worst for last. So much so that I wish this person's death could have been longer, could have been gorier, could have been more explicit and gut-wrenching <laughs> because this character, played by Paul A. Partain, there's nothing likable from every fucking second he's on screen. And that's why when it comes to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I always say, fuck you, Franklin, you annoying bitch. And I got to give it to, to Toby Hooper, or as I... Uh, mispronounced him when I was on the Everyone is Hot podcast, Tober Hoopy. <laughs> a lot of disabled characters are usually played in a, in a sympathetic uh, manner. Not Franklin. <laughs> Franklin is the most aggravating fuck, uh, especially like at night when he's honking the horn and-, and, and uh, Sally, so, Sally. So, Sally wants to get a flashlight and go look. No, like you're not in charge of shit. You don't know shit about fuck. You stay in your fucking chair and stop being aggravating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, 
you 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 want equal say in this? Do your share of the driving, motherfucker. Or just don't be annoying. Like if you can't drive, fine. But like, come on, Franklin, it'll be a fun trip. Like when he was just <laughs> I uh Rick and I were talking about this recently because my younger sister watched uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre for the first time. She's seen the remakes, but she's mm-hmm. never seen the first one. But she's a lucky and gal. She didn't have to suffer through Franklin in those remakes. I, that is true. And I didn't say anything about me and Rick hating Franklin because I wanted to see what her take would be. And she was like, am I okay to hate him? Like he's in a wheelchair. (laughs) I'm like, he sucks. Like he, especially when he just gets all whining, he's like, it's going to be so much fun. Well, I can't have any more fun. I just can't take it. Like, shut up. I was just like, you were so annoying. When he's blowing fucking raspberries all by himself while everybody else is exploring. It's like, Calm the fuck down. Yeah, it's, it's hot. So You're in Texas, bitch. Weird. Hey, I think that's some of his blood. Do you think it's that guy's blood? And I'm like, you watched him cut himself. You idiot. I'm like, it's just so frustrating. And yeah, the blowing raspberries by himself. I always forget about that. And then it's just so awkward to watch. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the actor did a great job because it's, Oh my God. And when he wanted, yeah, when he wanted the flashlight and I was like, dude, stop. Like you got, you can't be serious. Um, and they got rid of him like in two seconds, like his death scene was not long. It was just like, bam, dead. (laughs) Leatherface showed up and he got, got, and there is the privilege of these, you know, hippie fucks just walking. Oh, none of them were likable. I don't think. Yeah. to the, the Hewlett home like they fucking belong, traipsing through Leatherface's sunflower patch while these entitled hippies just walk around like they own the place. You know, it's it's very similar to programs and colonizers. But anyway, um, yeah. Uh, back in December, went with beautiful lady to Austin. We took a ride out uh, to Barstow. And that's where the gas station is from Texas Chainsaw Massacre that was also used in the 2009 Friday the 13th film. And we got some great barbecue and there were cats and they have a replica of that van. So, um, you know, Thursday when I when I posted the, the preview for this episode uh, or, or uh, when I posted on Instagram, that's the video of me saying, fuck you, Franklin, <laughs> because it had to be done. Fuck Franklin. Nobody yeah. likes him, uh, and that's that's the top. There's no one worse. Yeah, he's truly he's truly just. Ugh. And, and it's funny because he he absolutely does not make the movie unwatchable by any means. No, because especially you know he's going to get his, so it it probably helps when watching um and it's fun to make fun of him and and all of the characters really um but I'm just one thing when that uh yeah when he's just like is do you think it's that hitchhiker's blood I'm like do you think the grass is green like shut up like Franklin is the example or prime example of someone who talks just to talk it's like just stop (laughs) 
you could just stop talking. You don't have to always talk. When, when he falls out of his wheelchair and rolls down the hill, there's no sympathy. <laughs> there is no sympathy. For, for any other disabled person, that is a tragedy. For Franklin, good. <laughs> so you, you live down where there's garbage from now on, Franklin. But yeah, he's definitely, he's definitely the worst. Like my, my God. And I, I guess we can thank him for inspiring this episode of, of characters that we, we do not like. Yes. We gotta get, we gotta give it up uh, in that instance. Mm-hmm. <sighs> we're, we're, we're taking, we're taking lemons. We're making the lemonade out of it because we hate Franklin. Uh but I love you. So where can the people find you if they want to find me? They can find me on Instagram or Twitter. If you type in Chelsea Bennington, you'll see me. Right. You can check out uh, Spooky Doings Improv on Facebook. We're trying to find a new venue for some improv. And uh, when we have something, we'll announce it on there. Spooky Doings is on Instagram. I'm at Rick Guzman 718 on the Tweety. And yeah, until next time, stay good, stay healthy. Stay spooky. Hi, everybody. Thank you for listening to what is some bonus uh, content on this episode. Um, It's Rick, if you couldn't tell. I'm back because after Chelsea and I recorded our episode about the most disliked characters in horror movies, I watched the movie and knew instantly that... uh, I fucked up and I found someone worse, so much worse than fucking Franklin from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That night, after we finished recording, I went and watched Dashcam, which is on Hulu. Um, and it is directed by Rob Savage. And it's a found footage movie. And I thought, okay, this is the guy that did Host, which was spectacular. Um, it was an hour long film that was on shutter and uh these friends do a seance over zoom and they call something forth and it's fucking awful and i thought well that's great i want to watch this movie and it opens on a character annie hardy and it's set during the pandemic she is doing an improvised musical vlog from her car and I'm like okay this is kind of quirky goes back to her home pulls out her make America great again hat goes to the airport with a mask with slave written across it and fucks off to England and shows up at her friend's place unannounced that's where I learn Annie Hardy is a real person. Annie Hardy was the singer of a band called Giant Drag. And I became familiar with them when they did a really cool cover of Wicked Game by Chris Isaac. And I thought, oh, shit. Is this woman not acting? And I went to the the Worldwide Wedding Nets, and it turns out she is an anti-vaxxer she has conservative thoughts she follows other conservative douchebags and i think to myself 
much like uh, Jeffrey Tambor in Arrested Development and several other characters on that show, I've made a huge mistake. And the movie goes on. And Annie is horrible to her one friend in England. She steals his car because he's like a uh, one of those, what do you, like an Uber Eats driver or Postmates, whatever the fuck, people that deliver you food. Upon stealing his car, she also takes his phone. She goes on a delivery for him, finds the restaurant is closed, but it's asked by the proprietor to drive an elderly masked woman to an address. And that's where things get weird. I'm going to spoil the shit out of this movie and this awful character. If you want to see, if you want to have your curiosity satisfied, pause the podcast, go watch it and get back. But Annie is just fucking awful in the midst of all this horror which is fantastic very scary very well done the effects are surprising in something so low budget what makes what hinders this movie is Annie just being fucking deplorable and reveling in it at one point her friend Stretch whose car she's stolen his girlfriend calls and asks to speak to Annie. And Annie starts to apologize. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're such a bitch. It's doubling down on her bad behavior. So what we talked about in wanting to see these characters get got, get their comeuppance, where the movie falls short is Annie lives and that's so unsatisfying. Not just for me politically, but because this character is so fucking disgusting on every level from her behavior to when being scared, she just shouts out nonsense like shit on my dick. It's just a gross, gross, human and i felt the need to add this to the episode because this is worse than franklin by and large so chelsea as you're you're editing editing this into the episode i thank you because i gave you more work and if you really need to know how bad it can be if you don't believe someone could be worse than franklin Dashcam is that, and Annie Taylor is that, and I wonder, because again, the scares are so great, the effects are so great, if there were a sympathetic character, a sympathetic protagonist, I'd probably be recommending this film to everyone, even if that character died at the end. The fact that this person is so horrible, I fear that conservatives, which I doubt any listens to this podcast, would take this movie up and celebrate it and go, see, this is how tough we are. <laughs> We're not afraid of viruses or 
whatever the fuck kind of creature that was uh, the threat in this movie. So yeah, um, timing is everything, but thank you for listening to the bonus portion. Um, we did all the plugs earlier. Stay good, stay healthy, stay spooky. Don't be a dick. Till next time. Bye-bye.